Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. And welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. It is me, Adam, returning after a couple of weeks away, and I'm back now. And I bring the Motley crew with me, because it's Alan. Hello, Alan. You're right, Adam. You're back after popular demand. After popular demand, or by popular demand. Do I always mess it up? Anyway, thanks for being here. Uh, Hello, Chris. Hello, how are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? Well, we didn't really miss you last time, so... Well, no, you just spoke to usual drivel, I guess. Yeah, that was easier to, you know, just tell Alan what to do then when you weren't here. <laughs> Isn't that what normally happens? We just tell Alan That's what it. to do. You messed up the show titles, though. Did he? What did he do? Well, you messed up the three by three. Oh. Yeah, we changed it, and there's only two of us. So it wasn't three by three, it was two by two. Yeah. No. I, th- I think we should stop referring to it by any name at all. Just what, what about calling the news? news? That's a good idea. We could just call it news. <laughs> That's a great idea. Well, we have got the news for you this week. We've got loads of other stuff to come as well. Uh, we'll be continuing our tour with Jim Caucus around Echo Lake, and we're going to be finishing off our Around the World in 80 segments. Talking about food at Blizzard Beach. That's what we're going to be going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or, well, we're just going to talk about some bounce meat stuff as well. I don't know whether we've mentioned that mouse meats just might happen to be coming back next year. Uh, so really? if we haven't, uh, then we've got some more mouse meat stuff to share with you as well. Uh, we've got uh, updates on the Disney Brit Music competition and you name it, it's all going on this week. So, uh, yeah, that's that's everything. Have I, have I covered everything, Alan? Have I done it to your satisfaction? Pretty, pretty much. You've, you've, you've done it pretty good. Oh, thanks. So let's You can go. come back next week. Can I? Yeah, thank you. I'm not... I'm not, like, up for eviction or I'm going to be in the bottom two or anything like that. If you're late, Adam, to stay, please vote for him. <laughs> you're definitely in the bottom three. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's not good. Right, let's do some uh, news. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. Right, let's find out what's going on with the news then. And uh, our quick three by three, Alan. Uh, um, Sid Coenga is finally moving on. Chris. The Comedy Warehouse returns for Christmas. And I've been to see Saving Mr. Banks and Frozen. That's not, I've been to see Saving Mr. Banks and I froze. That means I've been to see Saving Mr. Banks and I've been to see Disney's film Frozen. So uh, there's our three pieces of news uh, for you. Um, so let's start off with Alan then. So what's going on with Sid Kuenga's? Right, okay. Sid Kuenga, who's been there in the park since opening day. Yeah, um, some, it's one of a kind items. 
is eventually be given this marching orders because they want to replace this shop with a Magic Plus service counter. Sorry about that. I just, I just blasted music out of you, didn't I? Because I pressed the wrong button. I apologize. Yeah, you're getting excited. You're not uh, used to it. I've had a couple of weeks off. I've lost the plot. Um, so basically, there's going to be a new service centre there for guests to be able to do their magic, my Magic Plus things there. The portrait of Sid Quengas was converted in August. So, Sam, it's happened. Tough luck. So it's happening then? Yeah. yeah. Um, and all the collectibles that you could get there is now going to be moving on to the AFI showcase shop at the exit of the Backlot Tour. So oh, you're still going to be good. able to get your one-of-a-kind items, but not from Sid Quengas. Will it be called Sid Quengas in the new place, or are they going to be changing the name completely? Well... I don't know. I don't know. The thing, the thing is that Sid Quengas was based on a, a real person. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't just like a random yeah, character yeah. that they decided yeah. to make up. Um, and when I was doing my tour with Jim Corcus, he sort of told us all the history of it, and I, I think it was something to do with it. Um, Sid Quengas didn't want to move out of his house, and the, a shopping centre was built up around it. That's right. So it's ironic that the development progress of the studios is now getting him kicked out of his space. My Magic Plus is coming in with all its kiosks and everything. Yeah. And he's gone. Cool. But it's, uh, on a positive note, I suppose, it means My Magic Plus is staying. Yeah. Seems to have worked so far. Um, my uh, little app I've got for my holiday, for the uh, the Disney... Um, my, ex- my Disney experience has got a little icon on there for My Magic Plus now, so when everything goes into there, that'll eventually become active, so that's good. So you, good. you actually going to Florida next year? Yeah, I'm going to Florida next year. Are you coming? Me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you going out? I, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, I'm going at the same time as well. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's tempting, like. It's such a feeling of deja vu. I mean, I've got, I've got an idea for you. Why don't you just leave the wife and the kids at home? You could share a room with Chris. Well, no, no, no. That's not going to happen again. Yeah. Never I, again. You to read again. You Unless kept throwing me up for the, the, the week after that, saying you missed it. And those of you who <laughs> want to know what it was like when they stayed over in Manchester together, take a look at the Planes, Trades and Automobiles video currently on the Disney <laughs> Brit web, uh, uh, Facebook page. Yeah, thank you very much for that, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> it did make me chuckle. Right, so Sidcoin is moving. My Magic Plus is expanding. Uh, let's head over to Chris, and one of the old favourites is coming back. That's right, yeah. The Comedy Warehouse is once again returning to Disney's Hollywood Studios for the busy holiday season. Um, basically, the shows are looking to begin around the 21st of December, uh, right through to the 5th of January. So that's sort of good news for people who have uh, enjoyed that in the past. I'm so pleased it's coming back. Have you ever experienced the comedy warehouse? Yes, used to no, go. I haven't. Every, it was like every trip I used to go. It's just it was brilliant. It was kind of whose line is it anyway? Done live multiple times a night. I could quite happily have sat in there all night and watched their different shows. Yeah, I, I've saw it down at Pleasure Island, and that was um, the Adventures Club highlights of my holiday. Really, it was brilliant. Um, it's I just, just can't see why it had to go. Uh, it's just a shame that it's only holiday season. It'd be quite nice if it was peak season. So we got it at Easter, we got it in the summer. We, we got it when we were going, Adam. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be nice if, if it was there for us to, to go and enjoy when we were there, wouldn't it? Yeah. No, it'd be rubbish. <laughs> it would not be rubbish. <laughs> You're mean. Um, I'm going to Butlins instead. Oh, is that where you're going? Know, you're going to Butlins? We're going to Butlins <laughs> as well, Alan, not instead. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like an alternative. It's not a Butlins or. It's a Butlins and. That's the way this works. Oh, I'll, I'll count my pennies. Yeah, count yeah, your see, pennies. But, Butlins is the same as sort of one day in the park, Alan. You can't really, you know, use that for an example. Yeah, that's right, you see. 
Right, so there's your two bits of news. So my news is... I, I've got some music, especially for my news. Hang on, here we go. Let's come in. There you go. Bit of... Bit of uh, bit you you played drums quite well. This is, this is the music for film with Barry Norman. I wonder what like it was. It. There you go. There you go. That's what it was. Film with Barry Norman. Because I'm talking film because uh, in this past week I've had the chance to go and see the two latest offerings uh, by the Disney Studios. Uh, one live action, one animated. Got a chance to see Saving Mr. Banks uh, last weekend. And this weekend I had the opportunity to go to London to go and see the, I suppose what they call the first public showing of... Uh, the new film Frozen that's due out in the UK on the 6th of December. Now, do you guys know much about either of these? Yeah, I didn't get free tickets. You didn't get free tickets. Yeah, that's all I know. Okay. So, uh, just for those people who, who may not know what these two are, you've got Saving Mr. Banks, which is a live-action film set in the 60s. Uh, it's basically about the relationship between Walt Disney and uh, P.L. Travers, who is the writer of the Mary Poppins books, and how... Walt invited her over to LA and tried to basically schmooze her into signing over the rights to Mary Poppins so he could turn them into a movie. Um, and it's kind of almost biopic in a sense. Um, one of the good things about it is uh, when P.L. Travers was very sort of picky about the, the grammar and everything and the storyline and about this, that and the other. And she always uh, said that she wanted every one of their meetings recorded. So they actually have kind of uh, audio audio footage, audio recordings of uh, all the conversations that happened between Walt and all of the, the Sherman brothers and the producers and all that sort of stuff, which they were able to use as part of the film. Um, it's, do you know what? I think, I think I put this out on Facebook as well this past week. I would put this in one of my top ten all-time favourite movies. And it's so not, not your number one, though? Not my number one. I don't think I'd put it in my number one. I think I'd need to see it a few more times before I could decide whether it'd be my number one. I don't think it would be. But I was pleasantly surprised. I wasn't quite sure how this was going to work. I wasn't quite sure whether there was going to be enough material there to make it interesting. But, A, it's hysterical. Uh, Emma Thompson as P.L. Travers is hysterical. Um, Tom Hanks as Walt Disney is brilliant. I kind of was worried slightly that um, it was going to be a little bit kind of too much he wasn't quite going to get it right it wasn't quite going to work but he just got these little nuances all sort of little things that he did that were so Walt Disney you know we, there were times where you'd hear in the background Walt coughing because it was the, it was about 1963 64 it was only a few years before Walt died from lung cancer and he, it was a kind of that that beginning effects of it kind of as part of that character but the film yeah. is genuinely very very funny it's quite moving at times um, it kind of goes into a lot of backstory about P.L. Travers and her and growing up and how she ends up with a name that she does because that's not her real name um, it does kind of tongue in cheek take a mickey out of Disney itself as well in, in certain places you know it kind of says stuff that only the Disney company could get away with saying about their own company sort of thing um, but you know some of the real highlights are even though it's a very fleeting moment um they go to Disneyland and, and Walt shows uh, Mrs. Travers around Disneyland and they get on the, the carousel and you see Main Street and the castle and all that sort of stuff. And that's kind of like, as a proper Disney geek, it's really, that's really quite cool that suddenly Disneyland, the proper Disneyland, has ended up in a, in a movie, yeah. which is really cool. But they use the, the locations, like they use Walt Disney Studios as part of it. You, they use, um, obviously, Disneyland as part of it as well. They use the Beverly Hills Hotel. Um, some really cool locations. 
but it's definitely well worth seeing uh, without a shadow of a doubt. One of the things that I'd picked up on Facebook is one, literally, or well, everyone in my timeline is there. Yeah. Everyone has seen it already. If they haven't seen the first round of free tickets, they've seen the second round of free tickets. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, are Disney not making a mistake here by giving out all these free passes for everyone to go and see it free? You see, I thought the same thing. I had exactly the same thought as you. But then I thought to myself, well, hang on a second. If you turn around and tell someone this is a film, it's the relationship between Walt Disney, the writer of Mary Poppins, and yeah. about how he manages to buy the rights off her, you actually hear that and you think, mm, yeah, that doesn't sound great. And the truth is, it's a much, much better film that the premise yeah. makes out. And I think Disney have kind of done it very cleverly. They've, re- they've allowed people to see it in advance because they can then tell people how good it is. And the other thing I would say is that everyone that I've heard has seen it have said, I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm definitely going to go and see it again. It's, it's interesting, really, that films like The Lone Ranger that came out earlier on the year that financially were a massive flop although I enjoyed the film and kind of the the films that were really pushed and really given a lot of attention to um, have kind of uh, fallen by the wayside and yet it seems that Saving Mr Banks is going to be a bit of an unsung hero so uh, I'm hoping that this is going to be a real hit for uh, for the Walt Disney Company because it definitely deserves to be one. So if you've not been to see that, it's coming out at the end of, of uh, November. I forget off the top of my head. I think it's the 29th. 29th, there we go. Do go and see it. So that's the 29th. And then a week later, you've got this. Now, this is Frozen. Um, this is another one that I kind of didn't know much about at the time. Um, I kind of knew it was kind of inspired by uh, the Snow Queen. That was really all I knew. I knew it was going to be created... It, the, the screenwriter was the same person who wrote um, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. I know that um, the, pers- uh, the, the producers and everything were the same people who did... Um, uh, Tangled, and you've got the writers Christine Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, who were behind Finding Nemo the Musical, uh, Avenue Q, and The Book of Mormon, to name but a few. Um, and um. I was kind of like, right, okay, so we've got a good pedigree in music writing. Um, we've got a, a sort of a track record for a decent script from Wreck It Ralph. And I was kind of thinking to myself, right, come on, this is going to be really, really good. I'm really hoping I'm going to enjoy this. Now, it's a bit of a. Um, bit of a risk for Disney in the sense that they've chosen something that is very wintry in nature. So it's not something that's got longevity throughout the year. And it's um, going to obviously having a December release because of it being Christmas time. Now, the story isn't Christmas in the slightest. It's just winter uh, for the majority of the film. And that's kind of the reason they've gone for it. But we were really lucky um, today to head to London. We were invited to the Odeon in Leicester Square, which I've never been to. And if you've never been, you get the chance to go. It's an amazing building. Uh, And we arrived and outside the front, they'd got... um, fake snow falling, they've got snow trees, they've got an ice sculpture of the word Frozen and Olaf, who's kind of the comedy snowman in it. They'd got a, a, a carving of him as well and there were there were proper press there. It was quite weird, like taking photos and I was like, why are there so many press here? We couldn't work out. And then we realised that we were among some minor celebrities while we were there as well. So there were people like um, Louisa Zisman who won The Apprentice, there was Joe Wiley, uh, Stacey Solomon. Um, oh, my God. I'm trying to think who else was there. 
Definitely uh, minor then. Yeah, def- <laughs> definitely minor. But it was like, okay, that's quite cool. There's some kind of semi-famous Arthur people. Scargill. Arthur Scargill, yeah, he was there. When you, when you were saying minor, I yeah. think you meant like some minor artists that had done sort of voiceover no, stuff. No, no, not we're, just, we're talking um, about like, yeah, they were, they anyone. were their photos taken. Um, so we got inside and inside they were doing face painting, uh, they were doing balloon modelling. And then every that was nice single, for the celebrities to uh, do that. Yeah, it was nice for them. And then everybody got a little um, frozen goodie bag on their seat which had um, some Norwegian chocolate, because the, the film is set in Norway, um, and it had some a drink in there and some other Norwegian food-related items and all that sort of stuff, which was quite cool to have. Um, and then we all kind of settled down, ready to watch the film. And before we did, uh, someone came up on stage and said, we've got two treats for you. Firstly, we're going to show you the new short... Uh, which is going to come before Frozen. It's called Get a Horse, uh, and uh, they they showed us that. And I've got to say, brilliant, absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's uh, kind of a. It starts off as a black and white cartoon. I don't want to give away too much, basically. Uh, but the voices of Mickey is Walt's voice himself. They've actually used Walt's voice for it, and uh, it's a mixture between what they try to create that very old fashioned nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties sort of uh, cartoon and they mix it with very up-to-date modern CG sort of stuff. Now, without giving anything away, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, um, I sat and watched it and as soon as it finished, I felt like, it felt like something you'd watch in a theme park. It reminded me very much in the style of of like Mickey's Film Magic or um, Cinemagic, I suppose, in a way. Uh, Your Muppet Vision 4D, that sort of stuff. It it felt very much like it was a, a... film that had been created for a theme park attraction um so that's well worth watching in 3d if you get the chance to watch that in 3d because it really does add to it so that was pretty pretty good um so that was well that's well worth seeing well worth uh, looking at if you get the chance to um and then uh, that kind of finished and we were then treated to uh, a bit of a performance there's a, a woman who i forget the name of but you're here in a second she was um Oh, she is about to start as the lead in Wicked. She sings and she plays the Norwegian version of one of the lead characters in the film. So they asked her to come and sing. So I got some... Uh, I recorded the audio of the song that she, she sung from the show, so I thought I'd play you the audio before I tell you about the film. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Here we go. This is uh, from this morning at the Odeon on Leicester Square. We're going to have another special treat for you. We have a live performance of one of the standout songs in the film. The song is called Let It Go. It's going to be performed by Villemain the Kite. Now, Villemain plays Elsa in the Dutch version of Frozen, and she's also. Can I just say, just at this point, if the man who's supposedly able to introduce her can't get her name right or struggles yeah. with it, there's <laughs> no way really I'm going to I was trying to pick up on his accent. Is he, is he from London or yeah, is he meant London. to be Norwegian? No, he's from London. But, yeah, he tries to say her name and it's like you've, you've blatantly just looked at that and gone, I, I don't know what that is. You've done a Chris Speed. That's what you've done. <laughs> Does that sound like me? <laughs> anyway, here we go. So starring as the lead in Wicked in the West End as from tomorrow. After this performance, you'll be the first public audience to see Frozen in the UK. Do you feel special? Fantastic. So there's there's one and a half thousand people sat in this theatre. Doesn't sound like it, does it? Listening back. Are you excited? Uh... 
Do you feel special? Do you feel special? And step in time. Step yeah, anyway. Um, everyone brought the kids though. That was good thing. Yeah, everyone brought the kids, which is good. Here we go. It will be in cinemas from the 6th of December. So it all just leads me to say, enjoy the performance, enjoy the film, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. See you. 
There you go. That was a live performance by the Dutch woman. Um, Chris, what was her name? I don't know. I just hope it sounded better in real life than it did through there. Yeah, it's a, it's not the yeah. best recording, uh, but Can, she did sound Maybe you should have put a warning out with people listening to headphones. It's just blown my head off. Is it? Are you now, <laughs> are you now in trouble? Are you, you, can we not hear anything from you? Just, just let it go. Just, just let, let it go. go. Just let it go. Um, anyway, the movie itself. So, uh, basically, to give you an idea, uh, without spoiling anything, the story is about two sisters, one who's got magical powers, one who hasn't uh, set in Norway. This girl's kind of magical powers that she's got uh, means that she can turn anything to ice, basically, and it eventually gets to a point where it's out of control, and she grows up, she becomes queen, and she loses control and turns the whole of this area of Norway to ice, basically. And the story is to do with um, the two sisters and how she tries to stop her powers, etc. And lots of things go wrong and all sorts of nice things happen and all sorts of nasty things happen. I'm not going to give anything away. Because if you want to go and see it, you can go and see it. Especially if you're in um, the US and you listen to this. It's out on the 27th. You can uh, see it ready for Thanksgiving. Whereas uh, we've got to wait until the 9th of December. But um, I've got to say, I wasn't sure to start off with. Um, It was kind of like, okay, the storyline is very, very sort of tangled. We've got woman magical powers being kept away is this just a rehash of tangled it looks very similar <laughs> uh, and then it took a complete different route um and there's um, the, one of the nice things and i think this is one of the first times actually i remember it really happening certainly in a modern day disney movie and i can think about like animated movie there is a sudden twist in the middle that you really do not expect coming and you could you heard the audible gasp from um, from the audience as it happened. You were like, whoa, okay, that's quite a big twist. I did not expect that. And I was trying to think that the last time there was a Disney film where, where there was that audible sort of gasp and there was that twist that happens in it. But that's that was kind of a really nice sort of change. But visually, it just looks stunning. 3D, it works really well. They've got some really great characters in there. You've got two characters. You've got Elsa and Anna, the two lead characters. Elsa is the one with the magical powers. Anna is the younger sister. She uh, is very, very funny, actually. Uh, the funniest though character by far is a character called Olaf who is um, a snowman basically that comes to life uh, and he's hysterical he's kind of like he's kind of like your donkey from Shrek kind of character he, he's just there basically for comedy relief doesn't really add anything to the story there's no real purpose to him necessarily he's just very very funny but um I can tell you now, this is a ready-made musical. Uh, the music in it is, is phenomenal. There's probably one song in there that I thought was probably weak. Other than that, all of them are absolutely fantastic. Um, the pace is really good in the film. The storyline really works well. You know, you've got John Luster involved anyway. The Lopez uh, partnership with the music and the lyrics are phenomenal. Um, I just think it's a brilliant film. And I, I think now I'm, I'm kind of at that point, having just had Tangled, then having Wreck-It Ralph, and now having this. I'm, I'm going I'm going to put it out there that I think we could be seeing the next Disney decade. Quite mm. possibly. I think this what did Harry think of it? He loved it. Um, and, it, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of princessy stuff in there. Uh, there are is it, is it a boys' film or a girls' um, film? It's, I, I, if you're going to look at it, I suppose the way Tangled is more aimed toward girls and boys, I would say this is more of a girlish film, but there's plenty in there for the boys as well. There's a few chases, bits and pieces here, plenty of slapstick comedy. Um, but, yeah, it's in its style, it's very very kind of female-orientated. But there were moments in there in it where Harry was genuinely like, 
like you know like a child is oh no there's actual peril here this is a this is a worry what's going to happen i'm not quite mm-hmm. sure you know and and there was a couple of moments where he actually hid uh against me because he was like i don't want to watch don't want to see what's going to happen there's uh, just a, a bit of warning for those of you who are thinking about taking very young children there is a point where this kind of snow and ice monsters created that try to fight a few people which actually could be a little bit scary for very young children um, but it's only in it briefly, and it's nothing too bad. But it's just kind of one thing I did think. But it's as I say, it's a ready-made musical. The music in there is perfect. I could see this being turned into a stage show so easily, uh, just in the way that it works, the way that it looks. It would be, it would be like pick up and drop, basically. But um, you watch, yeah. I think this is the start of another Disney decade. We've got three really good films now that have all come out. They've all been very different in style, um, but I think have all been equally good in their own way. So uh, I think this will be kind of... I think it's going to be one of two things. I think it's going to be a really good film for this Christmas. One for the whole family to go and see. Very funny, quite quite moving in places. Um, but I also think it's probably going to be one of those films that's going to become kind of synonymous, synonymous with Christmas, where people are going to be like... You know how people... Like we have a tradition in our house where we watch Muppets Christmas Carol every Christmas Eve. Yeah, it always happens. It's kind of, I think like Frozen is going to become another one of those films which you're going to watch each Christmas in the way that maybe Polar Express has and that sort of stuff um, so yeah uh, it's well worth going to see without a shadow of a doubt I really enjoyed it so I wasn't really sure to start off with but it did grow on me and I do think actually it's it's going to be a very very good film and I think it's going to be very very popular what was the name of the song again? what's the name of what? sorry the song was it Let It Let, it, let it Go I Let It Go yeah Let It Go I could tell you what that means, but if I did, it would ruin it. Okay. So, but there are some great songs in there. Uh, There's, let me see if I can just dig out a couple of others, uh, which I've got a little bit. Uh, Here we go. So, here's another couple of songs. There's one called uh, this one. Should give you some idea of just how musical this is. Sounds like Epcot. Do you want to build a snowman? Sounds like I've got yeah. I think some companies overdue. I've started talking to the pictures on the walls. Hang in there, Joan. It gets a little lonely. All these empty rooms. But the thing is, you've got you've got that sort of stuff, which is your very typical kind of um, West End, Broadway, Hollywood kind of musical. But yeah. just like any other, there's also a mixture. So you've got this sort of stuff as well. Is it the way that he runs scared or that he's socially impaired? Are you holding back your fondness due to his unmanly blondness? Or the way he covers up and he's the honest goods. He's just a bit of a fixer-upper. So you can see, like, that kind of mixture of styles as you that, get That reminds it. me very much Finding Nemo. Yeah, yeah. Well, same same writers, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. just a little bit Finding Nemo in that sense. But the, the people who are singing it, are, you know, you've got Adina Menzel in there who uh, will be well-known to people for being the original Alpha Broom Wicked, was in Glee, um, was Rachel's mother in Glee. You know, she when she sings, you can tell it's her and she's just got a phenomenal voice. Um, but just, yeah, anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure, um, but well worth seeing. So uh, there you go. That's my kind of review. I suppose you're doing very well there. So Thanks. basically, the 29th of November, we can go at the pictures and save the December. Thanks, and then you can go a week later and go and see uh, Frozen. So that's your Disney next few weeks sorted. Sure. 
Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Some good stuff that's in the school holidays, isn't it? Yeah, some really good stuff that's in the school holidays. I have no doubt Frozen will be around for the whole of Christmas. So, uh, so yeah, definitely. Definitely one to go and see. If you've got a bit of time over Boxing Day and you don't know what to do, there you go. That's something you can go and do on Boxing Day. Uh, and that was the last thing, because it's rare for us to have a new Disney movie over Christmas. So... That's another good reason to go and see it because we've actually got something over Christmas. We just have to wait till February. Right, should we go back to some news then? As we've done all of that, uh, let's do some Walt Disney World refurbishments and closures. So, going from uh, the Magic Kingdom, uh, there is nothing closed, which is pretty good. What's happening at Hollywood Studios? Honey, I shrink the kids is still closed until for about Wednesday, maybe. Something like that, somewhere around Wednesday. Uh, in downtown Disney. Yeah, park and lot is still closed. They're still building a new one. Parking lot's still closed, still going on. And Typhoon again is closed from the 27th of October through to December the 22nd for an annual refurb. Heading over to Disneyland Paris then. Firstly, Disneyland Park, we've got the Casey Jr. Uh, That's going to be closed the 20th, the 22nd, 27th to the 29th of November. Mad Hatter's Teacups closed 12th to the 22nd of November. Lupé de Conte Fée, which is still closed, uh, 20th to the 22nd and then 27th to 29th. And Mission Space, Mission 2, uh, Mission Space? Uh, Space <laughs> Mountain, Mission 2, is closed 25th to the 29th of November. Captain EO closed 20th to the 22nd, 27th to the 29th of November. And Autopia closed 18th to the 20th and the 25th and 27th of November. Chris, uh, what about Walt Disney Studios? Yeah, the uh, Cars Rally Race Rally is closed from the 25th to the 29th of November. Uh, Armageddon is closed from the 19th to the 20th, 20th, 25th to the 27th. The Tram Tour is closed from the 20th to the 22nd, the 27th to the 29th. And Cinemagic is closed from the uh, 20th to the 21st. There you go. So that is all the closures. Uh, so let's um, shoot some mouse meat stuff next. What do you think? Route it through the main system. Yeah, no, I don't think we should. Good idea. Mouse Meets 2014. Live from Manchester. Right, shall we talk a little bit about Mouse Meets then uh, for 2014? What is the update, Alan and Chris? Okay, well, <laughs> last last time we explained to you that we'd had one of the hotels came back to us and offered us a venue. Yep. At a small price of £4,000 per day. Yeah. We've yeah. now had an update from the cinema as well. And they're, they're in on it together, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Right, so let, let me just get this straight. If you went to the cinema to see a prime film on a prime Saturday night, had a drink, you know, had some popcorn, we're looking at £12. Right, so they want to charge us for a private sitting of a cheap Blu-ray DVD. Right. I'm sure that's not the way they do it, but... 10 yeah. o'clock at the time they suggested, because they wouldn't be open then. They want to charge us £19 per person. I mean, what a bargain. And that's just for the film. That is just for the film. Yeah, so we sort of estimated a, a set amount of people. So basically, they, they've the price that they came back with was 2200 So we're, so we're, if, if we go for the, the best option, we're, we're now looking at a total fee of about, about just over ten grand. 
So we're going to yeah. divide divide it up, and everyone's going to pay for the tickets. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you want to, you know, just drop us an email. The, the, the cost at the moment is kind of about 119 pound per person. Yeah. And what you will get for that is to go in a special entrance and see a film. I mean, you can't say fairer than that. <laughs> you, you've built it up too much a special entrance. Well, this place had a private entrance, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, also yeah, not, the place we did that me. did look at four grand. The private entrance. It used to be the entrance to the car park at Molly Story. Yeah. And it still had speed humps on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which slowed you down on the way up, didn't it, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> that's just the slope. But we do believe we've now got um, we've got the hotel in mind. We know what we're going for. Uh, yeah. We can't tell you exactly what it is until we've spoken to them over the next week where um, we will hopefully have um, a confirmed date for you as well. So yes. hopefully on the next show... We will have both a date for the uh, the event and um, where it's going to be. So that's the idea next time, and hopefully there'll be sort of uh, updates on how much it's going to cost you to attend. Um, what else is there on there? Uh, oh, yeah, the mailing list. People can still sign up for the mailing list? Yeah, the mailing list is still in operation, as is the Twitter account. Um, so I know there's been a little bit less updates of recent... Um, Basically, we're just because we we're negotiations with the uh, venues, yeah. and we were in shock. Yeah, well, yeah, there is that as well. We're, we're trying to keep the price as low as we can because obviously, every, everyone's got sort of not not spending issues, but tight budgets to go to. Yeah. So you know, we, we could have a venue and we could could go out two hundred quid a ticket, but there's not going to be that many people going. But it'll be a fantastic event <laughs> for those yeah. three that the, turn ve- up. the venue will be luxurious. Yeah. Be beautiful. You get foot massages at the cinema as well. Okay, that's cool. But, so that's no keeping the price as low as we can, but we can't do that yet until we beat the cinema down. No, that's true. I mean, one of the venues did tell us that it had just been refurbished, and uh, this is the expensive one. But I can't believe they actually wanted us to pay for the refurbishment just in two days. <laughs> I did think that they would spread that over a couple of years. No, apparently not. And they just oh, saw you coming, didn't they? Charge us. Yeah, maybe they didn't like the look of us. So you can check oh. out our Twitter, you can check out our Facebook, you can check out mousemeets.co.uk, you can sign up for the mailing list. And that should be everything, shouldn't it? Yeah, if, if you want to get involved with Mouse Meets of, of any sort, yep. um, or you've got any suggestions for it, email us on mousemeets at disneybrits.com. Um, yep. We will read our email, we will hopefully respond, try and respond as quick as we can. Yep. Can't guarantee that you will be part of it, but obviously we will try to get as many people involved as we can. Depends what you can do, really, doesn't it? Yeah. If you're good at balloon animals, that might be good. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I could do. I can probably do a snowman now after today, if that helps. I'm fantastic at a snake. Yeah, <laughs> I could probably just about do a lazy worm as well. Um, okay. So. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I can see, I can see that go down a storm. Yeah, that's the my work. If you, if you do mousy is out of balloons, <laughs> you know, you, you've probably got a better chance. Yeah, definitely better than us. And if you, I'm not in about two round balloons. Uh, if you happen to have like a doll whip machine stored out the back of your your garage that you just happen to want to play with and you haven't used yet, get in touch. No. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll trial it out. We'll make sure it's working before yeah, we'll we go check as well. It works. Right, okay, that's all of our mouse meat stuff then. So, um, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to be heading back to our friend Jim Caucus. And we're going to be taking you through part two of his tour of Echo Lake that he did with you, wasn't it, Alan? Yes. Um, we, yeah, continuing the thing there. Ba- basically, where we ended up last time was we've just got outside Indiana Jones stunt show. Yep. Um, I know that's not the real title. 
and Jim Cortis has just commented about the um, archaeologist pit where you pull the rope, and he uh, just happens to offend all the British citizens. So by saying, that, saying that we are we should be down a pit. But so we will be joining I, you and Jim Corcus stood outside Indiana Jones stunt spectacular yanking your rope. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We shall nice. return in a second with that. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. I think Indiana Jones must have just picked out. Yeah, so, and, and so what happens is, uh, you know, if you don't maintain the story, it's going to cause problems. And here, right to the left of the entrance of uh, Indiana Jones, uh, is a, an archaeological dig. And the sign says, warning, do not pull rope. Yeah, but, but not being crossed out. Well, then pull the rope, Alan. There's a very British person down there. There is, and, and that's where most British people should be, right? <laughs> down it's, a big down, hole. It should be down a big hole. And, uh, well, maybe we didn't uh, hear him clearly. Let's give him another... Maybe I really shouldn't have pulled the rope. Well, I hear some clicking down there. But let's, let's give the rope another pull here. Actually, we'll have a series of six different things. I was going to say, I can hear someone doing some architecture down there. Yeah. Archaeology, even architecture. Mm-hmm. A bit dark from doing this architecture down there. See, and that's the fun, too, is it doesn't happen every single time you pull, pull the rope. It's on a loop, so there's six different uh, ones. So uh, when you're out here, uh, come out here and spend your entire day. See if you can get uh, all uh, six of them. Make sure you get to the for rope drop. And and around the the corner, the exit where we see the people coming from um, Indiana Jones, uh, there's a tank and there's a Jeep. Right. And those are from the uh, last Indiana Jones uh, film. Uh, the Holy Grail. So those are actual props that we have put out here in the heat, in the humidity, <laughs> in the wet, in the wet, uh, for uh, for that uh, for that to happen. So let's go uh, take a look at what I consider one of the most important places in terms of storytelling at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. Let's go around this way. Always seem to be going against the crowd. Yeah, well, that, that's that's who we are, right? We're <laughs> mavericks. We're we're mavericks. We're swimming upstream. That, 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 that's that's about it. So uh, I hope the people at home are having uh, uh, fun. Maybe they're pulled out their maps and are looking through that, or or photos they have from a a previous uh, uh, trip. And uh, right now we're by the. Uh, Oasis Canteen, and, and doesn't this seem odd that, that you would have an Indiana Jones attraction out here? They're yeah. filming on location. How do I know? Take a look at the sign. This was set up 
for filming. Once the filming was finished, it's now craft services since the filming has moved on beyond that. Uh, what's it say at the top there? Top secrets? Yes. So, it, so it was a sign that was set up for this being used as a set for the film. So we're on location. Excellent. I thought Good. it was a bit of a strange um, step from... Indiana Jones to like a modern studio outside. Yes, and and so it's because they are on location. And again, in those days in Hollywood, when they went on location, they didn't go overseas. They didn't go to Canada. They went somewhere in the L.A. area. All right. Sometimes down into the L.A. streets. Uh, sometimes out into the New Hall area. You know, uh, which uh, a lot of the westerns were were filmed out there. Now, again, this is an example of people not understanding the story. This this just got removed um, last year, right? Uh, or actually within the last six months. Over here, there used to be a guard booth gate and a, um, uh, a you know, one of those yellow and black poles that go across, you know, to prevent yep. you to come in. And, and inside the... Uh, Inside the gate, uh, inside the booth, you would see uh, that the guy had his high school drama trophies and books on how to be an actor and all that. And that's very important to the story. But what they thought, because, you know, we've got all this traffic going to Star Tours now, oh, well, let's just remove that. They don't understand why it's important to the story. Yeah. Why is this an important section to tell the Disney Hollywood story? Because the guy just wanted to come and make it big in Hollywood. That's, that's, that's pretty good, but you're thinking way too hard. Okay? Take a look down. What do you see? There's a, a difference in color of path. So right. We've got like red path to... Right. The red path, path was the Hollywood, the city where people uh, uh, shop, all of that. This is going to be the area, now that we're over to the black, past the area the where we past the gate, which is where filming is being done. So that's why it's a facade set for the Star Tours thing. Right. Now, take a look at the lamp post there, see? Yep. Now take a look at the lamp post there. Quite a difference, right? Plus What's the difference? Street lamps to sort of more like budget lamps. More, more utilitarian. Yep. In fact, take a look at the restroom. What is the restroom? It's a corrugated shed. It's a corrugated shed. Um, if you take a look at the landscaping, over there it's neat and trimmed. Over here, it's wild and out of control because, again, they're growing the And, again, there's a, a variety of different because they're growing them for use in films. So you're transitioning between the Hollywood where people uh, shop and, and, and live and into the Hollywood, the backstage where people work. That's so why so the, this is the studio. This is the studio. And that's why the Sci-Fi Diner has that set with facades, too, because you're in that section. Yep. And, in fact, um, uh, see over here, studio shops. Yep. Studio shops have been converted into a restaurant. So each of the rooms, and there's a room dedicated to... Uh, 
uh, stuntmen. In fact, they actually have the Benny the Cab vehicle that uh, Bob Hoskins oh, drove. Nice. Yep. But it's the framework because they painted the thing over on cells. Ah. So you've got that in there, and, and you've got a landscaping room, you've got a crafts room, all of that. So that's why this area tells that story, and that's why it was important to have the guard booth here. Yep. But again, if you don't know the story, people change the story, it's no good. I, I think I can remember the, the guard booth here in like previous trips. And there's a guard booth on the other side that they haven't the taken away commissary. yet. Yes, because again, you're going from the great movie ride into uh, now the commissary and into that um, backstage area. Yeah. So, and again, why is there red pavement at, at Disney parks? Well, there's lots of different stories well, on this. What, what stories have you heard? Well, I've, I've heard that Kodak was contacted and they said, well, red co- goes against green yes. very well. I've heard that. Green and blue, yes. I've heard that it could be. Oh, Walt's thought about putting the red carpet out for guests. Yes. Um, and those are the main two ones that I've, I've picked up on. So, mm-hmm. is there a definitive answer? No, that, that's it. Uh, cast members will tell you we rolled out the red carpet for you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, actually, at Disney, uh, at the, the Magic Kingdom, there's a safety reason. Right. Uh, the red and the black are different so that you can tell that there's two different levels. Right. Because sometimes you're rushing around shopping and not paying attention. You don't see that. But yes, one of the primary reasons is that it'll give you a better picture. Now, over here, we're in the uh, uh, courtyard, the garden of the Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences. And uh, this is who gives out the Emmy Awards. Right. And uh, they have a plaza like this. It's called the Atlas Pro. Atis Plaza, Atis Academy, Television, Arts, and Sciences. Uh, They have one in North Hollywood at their main building, but uh, one was installed here, and uh, Walt Disney uh, was uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1986. Now, there is something different about Walt's bust here that is different than any other bust that's here or in the garden in uh, North Hollywood. And I'll give you a hint. Go around the back of it. Right, okay, I'm going around here. It's, I was reading that as uh, B. Gibson, but... B. Gibson, yeah. Do you know Gibson. who that is? Blaine Gibson. Blaine Gibson. Who created the... Oh, the Roy Disney one. The Roy Disney one at the print of... And, and, and the partners. Partners. Uh, and the, uh, yes, and, and the uh, the Roy Disney one. Also, uh, the sculpts for uh, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, uh, Hall of Presidents, Pirates of the Caribbean, whatever. In 1963, as a gift for Walt, he sculpted a bust and gave it to Walt. And Walt says, get that out of here, because the, the, the statues are only for dead people. <laughs> so... Um, uh, Blaine was so upset, he just stored it in his uh, uh, garage. And um, uh, decades later, Marty Scalar realized there needed to be something in the uh, hub at yep. Disneyland. 
and the reason for that is because Michael Eisner was putting all sorts of things in the hub for promotions. Yep. So for uh, Blast of the Past, he had a giant uh, jukebox. Uh, for Circus Fantasy, he had uh, uh, the the big, huge globe where the motorcyclist goes round and round and round. Right. And all of this, you know that the castle at in California is a little small. So yes. all of this was blocking that. So Marty Scalar and John Hench figured we need to put something in the hub so that nobody will put anything in there to block the castle. So they came up with the idea of the partner statue and they went to uh, Blaine and Blaine sculpted that up. They came. They had an awful lot of different ideas. One had Mickey holding an ice cream cone and they thought that made him look too young. Yep. One had Walt with the rolled up uh, blueprints uh, uh, for Epcot and, and pointing forward all that. They, they came up with the one that they did and uh, of course now that's in uh, uh, every area you know around uh, uh, around the world but the original bust that was sculpted while Walt was alive was the reference for the head and that was also the reference for this sculpt that we have right here so this was sculpted while Walt was alive by Blaine and so this is a casting from that original sculpt with with some changes that uh, uh, that he made and Blaine goes into great great detail about you know um, how the hair was done so that it would look uh, uh, darker and you know uh, all of this and and he said and Blaine told me uh, I don't think there should ever be an audio animatronic of Walt, and that's not just because of disrespect. Is he just had such an expressive face? Yeah. Nobody could, you know, recreate it. Recreate it. And so uh, we're going to wrap up this podcast by taking Alan on an adventure to see if he has learned anything <laughs> from being with Disney historian Jim Corcus, whether he can go to an area sort of by himself and figure out what is the story and what are the details. So we're going to be walking down this way, and, and, and Alan's already getting nervous, even though he realizes he can edit this. He can edit this. <laughs> I, can put, I can put the answers in next week. Absolutely. Wouldn't that be fun on a, on a test or, or, or whatever to do? But um, one, of, um, one of my favorite hidden Mickeys that's yes. gone was yes. this ball court here. Yes, from an aerial view. And, yeah. You can sort of just about make it out still. Yes, but that half, and, and we can talk about that half later. That half, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, we're outside here at Men and Bill's Dockside Diner. Okay. And uh, why don't you take a minute, take a look around, and then come tell me the story of Min and Bill's Dockside Diner. You now know to look, you know, all over the place, around, and, and, and all of this. And I, there's actually some obvious clues here. There's some that you're not going to pick because, again, I have to look like the hero on the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, and, and again, you don't want to have dead silence. No. So why don't you talk as you're walking around. Explain to people what you're seeing. Okay. I'm going to be sitting in the shade here. I'm right. not going to be looking over your shoulder. <laughs> oh, no. When you're finished, come back. Right, okay. So uh, Jim just left us now, so I'm going to go at the front of the boat. And obviously there's a rope there going down the ground. There's some packing boxes uh, with oil. Um, Excuse me. Drop anchor for a snack. Obviously that's a reference to it being a diner. We've got the American flag. We've got a water fountain. I'm not picking up anything unusual. Um, 
there's a plaque in front of you. I'm sure I'm not supposed to read this because it's probably going to give me clues to do with um, the crazy color, the California crazy uh, building style, uh, 1930s. Um, Min and Bill. Uh, here's the clue. The film Min and Bill. The film starred Wallace Beery and. Mary Dressler. Okay, 1931. Remember that one. Right, okay, so we've got a picture of them above down the sign. We've got service hatch, um, dockside dining on the funnel. There's, there's, there's nothing standing out that says to me it's something special. I've seen, ah, right, okay, the boat is called the SS Down the Hatch, and I've seen a life, life ring up there. Ah, right, okay. Is it a cargo ship? I'm not sure. There's good eats in there. Hmm. Right, okay. I am... I, I, I have just spotted something else as I've stepped okay, back. Okay, that's fine. Which, um... You always can, yeah. And my uh, flag... I don't know, deciphering isn't fantastic, so I've noticed there's a lot of coloured flags up there, and I guess that says something. It does. That, yeah. and, 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 and so I, I, I will give you a point for knowing that those flags say something. Actually, those flags are pretty simple. Uh, uh, they uh, will spell out, if, if you know um, uh, nautical terminology, it spells out Dockside Diner. But it's important to know your nautical flags, because if you go to Typhoon Lagoon... At the ticket kiosk, over on the right-hand side, are flags, and they spell out piranha in pool. So uh, you've got to keep your eyes out for that one. Yes, so anything can happen. So so what can you tell me uh, about this from your initial observation? Uh, I've had a quick look around, and I see that it's called the SS Down the Hatch. Yes. It says that on the back of the boat and uh, on so the lifeboat. So... Which Does is, that mean anything? Is that a gag? Is that, that, that would be a gag referencing to the food okay. or the drink. Um, it is done in the California crazy style. Yes, it is. Um, spot, See how good you are? I spotted that bit. And, and, and is this based on anything? On a... um, it's based on a film called Min and Bills. Yes. If you got that one, 1931. Yes. I saw that on the sign over there. Um, and in fact, I, I think the actress won an Academy Award for that. Which, and, and so you, you see how fleeting awards are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and apart from that, I'm just guessing it's a cargo ship. And why a cargo ship rather than a passenger ship? Um, because there's a lot of boxes getting lifted in. Okay. A lot of boxes and oil and barrels. And also, there are some big boxes outside the ship. Which we're going to go take a look at in, in a second. Uh, because I think you'll be amused, and I think your, your listeners will be a, as well. Um, so as we're, we're wrapping up this particular podcast, we're taking a look at Min and Bill's uh, Dockside Diners. And uh, as I had mentioned, Disney licensed the rights to 250 MGM films because they didn't know what they were going to, to need. So no. let, let's get 250 different varieties So in case we need a Western, we need something that's aquatic, whatever. And um, so, yes, this is, this is California crazy where you have a, a building that is supposed to then... And it, again, in 89, they sold fish. Right. Know, fish sandwiches, all that. They don't do that now, right? Because they don't follow along with that. So, and, so was that a reference to the, being a trawler or something like that? Yes. Okay. And so, um, uh, Men and Bills was a, a popular film. It, uh, uh, 
Min uh, owned, uh, actually owned something called the Dockside Diner, and she was raising her uh, her daughter. And her alcoholic boyfriend, played by Wallace Beery, was Bill. And uh, and since he was an alcoholic, yes, that's why there's the second meaning to down the hatch, as opposed to also down the, the literal right. hatch of the yep. ship. Uh, the ship, by the way, was uh, designed by uh, Ray Wallace, who was a Disney Imagineer, who uh, did an awful lot of Disney ships, including the Columbia at Disneyland. Right. Um, uh, for, for that uh, uh, to happen. And yes, you're, you're absolutely right. It is a cargo ship. It has these crates. And in fact, let's go take a look at those crates a little, a little more closely. You've done very, very well, Alan, for a guy who had no <laughs> knowledge of 1931 MGM films or whatever. I'm, I'm sure so, Catherine will be impressed. So let's take a look at this uh, uh, first crate. What does it say? From Curtis Wine and Spirits Limited. Ship to Rick Blaine, Rick's Cafe American. 112642 Rue Renault, Casablanca, Morocco. And so what does that all mean? There's a lot of information there. So, wine and spirits... Is that any reference to the alcoholic? <laughs> uh, it, well, but y- yes, because Rick. because Rick actually runs a bar. Right, okay. Yes. Um, Casablanca being Rick's bar, or where Rick's bar is in the film. Yes, it, it, it is. And in fact, the film itself is named Casablanca. Yep. Rick put- Blaine is played by Humphrey Bogart. Renault is the uh, corrupt... Uh, uh, Little uh, the Claude Rains plays the corrupt uh, 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 government uh, uh, official there. Curtiz is Michael Curtiz, who directed uh, Casablanca, also directed Adventures of Robin Hood by um, uh, with Errol Flynn. Eleven twenty six forty two. I'm gonna guess. Yes. Because I know what to do this with a lot of numbers. Yes. Twenty sixth of. November 1942. I wonder what happened. I wonder if the film got released on that uh, on that date. Now let's take a look at uh, at this. What does this say? Anita Doubleset Ledger Company. Mm-hmm. Os- Ossinger, Ossing, Ossinger. Yeah. I can't even say that one. Yeah, you you don't need that. That, that, that won't be important to you as much as ship to, to Max. Ballystock. Uh, Bialystock, yes. Right. Bialystock and Bloom, mm-hmm. theatrical producers, yes. 246 West 44th Street, New York. Yes, and that's important. Uh, New York, 10036. Yeah. So, I have not got a clue. I'm guessing. Bialystock and Bloom! I, 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 I try and imagine a, a, a cute, blonde, Swedish uh, uh, secretary in a bikini. Bialystock and Bloom! <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is that going to have to do with it? Try, try and think of a movie that was made into a popular uh, Broadway play. Think of Mel Brooks, The Producers, ah, Yellowstock and Bloom. Theatrical Producers. And the address there is actually addressed to the theater in New York where the, the thing uh, uh, premiered. And Double Set Ledgers yep. is the whole point of that was they were stealing money where they had two sets of ledgers so that they were going to lose money so they could keep money on a bad production, but the production became a hit, so they lost um, all of that. And so, what about this one? Fleming Fashions Limited, Atlanta, Georgia, to Scarlett O'Hara, <laughs> Tara Plantation, uh, 12, 15, 39, Mitchell Lane, Jonesboro County, 
Michael Georgia. Yeah. Now, Any th- this, this one sort of shouts out a bit more to me. Yes. Um, Scarlett O'Hara. Um, Can we think of a, a, a name of a film? Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Um, Tower Plantation, is that where the film was? Well, that, that actually that's the name of uh, her home that she fought so hard uh, uh, to uh, keep. Uh, Mitchell is the name of the actor who played her father. Yes, 12, 15, 39, premiere date. Um, again, it took place in Atlanta. Um, and Fleming, Victor Fleming, who was the director. Isn't this fun? Fantastic. What about this? Uh, Wainwright Enterprises, New York. Uh, Ship to George Bailey, 320 Sycamore, Bedford Falls, New York. Yes. I'm passed on that one. It's, I, a, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. Jimmy Stewart plays George Bailey in Bedford Falls, and he wishes, you know, he had never been born, and so Clarence the Angel shows him, uh, you know, what what could uh, what could happen if he had not been born. So, because one person's life affects so many others. And uh, it is a bit of a daisy chain in life, isn't it? Yes, it is. And and just the fact that I'm here passing along this information. So, uh, 30, 40 years from now, when Jim Corcus ceases to exist, and you're out there, <laughs> and telling people all of this stuff, they'll go, Alan, you're absolutely brilliant. Not one person will say, did you ever learn this from Jim Corcus? Uh, let's finish up with the, uh, the last one here. Rosebud Sled Company, Denver, Colorado, <laughs> 1822. Uh, Charles Foster Kane, Xanadu Compound, Gulf Coast, Florida, 5014-1. Yep. Um, right. I have got, I've got Rosebud Which in is what? film. Um, Do we know what film it is? It's one of the greatest films ever made oh. in the history of film. And oh. in fact, I, I will tell you right now, it came out on uh, May 1st. 1941, just as it says on the zip code, 50141. I'm going to guess here because there's possibly a bit more clue here, and I might be totally wrong. I'm getting Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Orson Welles playing Charles Foster Kane, and the name of uh, the name of his estate was uh, Xanadu. And again, he was based after uh, uh, William Randolph Hearst and uh, Hearst's uh, uh, San Simeon Castle. And uh, Rosebud Sled Company, what does that mean? Was Rosebud the name of him? Oh, oh. no. I, sh- should I spoil it for him? Yeah. I, I, I need to hear you yelling on the on the other side of this podcast. Should I, I spoil? I'm going to give a spoiler right now. Close your ears for a couple of seconds. Rosebud was the name of his childhood sled. And so when they were investigating, you know, what made Charles Foster Kane tick, they thought, oh, well, it's it, it, his sled, his childhood was taken away from all that. Okay, it's the end of the spoiler now, <laughs> you know. And those of you who didn't watch... Uh, 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 Citizen Kane, shame on you. Those who didn't watch Casablanca, shame on you. Casablanca is one of my favorite films of all time. Thank heavens they didn't cast Ronald Reagan in the lead, <laughs> which was a part of the original plan, yeah, totally and, and some of the other things. Absolutely wonderful, wonderful cast. Yeah. Well, you know, 
we're, we're, we've been out in the sun. I think it's time to hit the loo, as, <laughs> as, as you say, and time to uh, uh, end this podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Alan, I've enjoyed yeah, walking around. And, and my gosh, you, you, you're a quick study. You picked up uh, <laughs> an awful lot of things. Uh, are you ready to do a, another uh, podcast oh, after we hit this? Without a doubt. I've got one question, though. Yes? If all of this cargo is coming on or off this ship, yes, that ship's doing a lot of distance. It is. It is. So. That's the magic of Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and again, you know, um, you try to make the stories as consistent as possible, but remember, show always takes precedence. Yeah, without a doubt. And plus, 90% of people don't even look at this. No, uh, this is Echo Park. People just breeze through here unless they've got reservations at the Primetime Cafe. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. I'll come then. Let's go and find Lou then. Okay. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands and arms inside the train and remain seated at all times. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. I know it's not quite Christmas, but, you know, we're talking about Blizzard Beach. Uh, so I thought I'd play something a little bit snow-related. See what I've done there? It actually made me smile when you played that. Did it what? A little bit Christmassy? I actually, I actually felt Christmassy. There you go. Well, I've had a kind of a wintry day, you know, having fake snow thrown on me and sitting watching a wintry film. And now we're talking about Blizzard Beach. So I thought, well... I might as well throw some Christmas stuff in there as well. So, there we go. And, of course, with the forecast, people in the UK might have snow by the time they listen to this. Yeah, I, I understand there's a possibility of snow on the way. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, I, excited. Yeah, especially all those buses, Yeah. They love to go nowhere in the snow. <laughs> There's a place in Walt Disney World where it snowed and it stayed and it's not gone anywhere, and that's Blizzard Beach. And we talked about it in our Around the World in 80 Days uh, a few episodes ago. We didn't quite finish it off. So we are back with dining at Blizzard Beach. Now, I'm going to be pretty useless with this, I've got to admit, because oh. I don't usually eat in the water parks very often. Please get a cramp. No, I, yeah, it's that. No, yeah, I've eaten something now. I've got to sit in a lounger for an hour because if I don't go to go somewhere now, I might drown. Yeah, the old, uh, the old wife tale. Do, do, do people actually get crumbed after doing swimming and eating? No idea. Depends how much effort you're putting, I suppose. <laughs> that's, that's all you can eat. That's, I mean, I'm not really a high effort person, so I'm not probably the person who can tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> when you say high effort, it depends in which sense. When it comes to food or when it comes to swimming. Oh, when it comes to food, I've put a lot of effort in. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Love it. Um, so, Alan, uh, where, where are we going with this then? Do you want to lead us through our dining locations? Right, okay, well, we'll, we'll start at... Oh, well, do, do we want to start with the drinks? So you want to start over at the Polar Pub, don't you? 
no, no, no. All over the park. Um, if you don't realise, they do all-day refill mugs. They do? Yes. Which which are um, $9.99 when you walk in, plus the tax, obviously. Um, they put a barcode on a, a cold cup for you, and yep. there's four or five filling stations, so you just sell zap the barcode, and boom, choose the drink you want. Yeah. That's, um, that's uh, pretty much it in a nutshell, isn't it? <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, I went, that's potentially going to change. Yes. I went with someone, and they did say to me, they said, are you getting your kids a drink then? I said, yeah, I'm getting this drink from them. And they go, I don't know if my daughter will drink it all. I went, uh, no, we're getting one cup for all of us to share. <laughs> you, ha- you didn't quite get the gist of it. You thought you'd have to have one each. But, of course, you can share the drinks with your whole family. Yeah. As long as they don't dribble. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll spit anything back in, yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't want to be eating a pretzel dog and they've left a little bit in the bottom. Uh, that doesn't really, You don't really want that to happen. That's <laughs> just going to be wrong on so many different levels. So, That's yeah, fair. you can get the um, the refillable mugs. That is a very good point. That is very true. And one of the things about the refillable barcode things is when you scan your barcode, yep. you've got an allocated amount of time to refill your cup. Yes. Now, the first time I went to Blizzard Beach and I did the refilling of my cup, I never actually scanned my barcode at all because the the pumps were still active. I didn't realise that you had to scan it. I just assumed that I was I bought the cup and I was refilling. So you're getting half cups all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so and, you, Alan, only you. And plus, I was getting chased by big wasp things by the um, nice fountains. Yeah, they are they are bad. The wasps. I mean, they're not quite as bad as they are at um, a quacker because they're sort of really after you there, but. At Disney, they've got some sort of fan system to try and, you know, push all the wasps down to your kids' faces. <laughs> <laughs> and it works quite well. Yeah, yeah. that's it, yeah. Because yeah. they then leave you and you just get the drink in peace. Nice. Brilliant. So that'll be fillable mugs then. So let's, should we go through, what, place by place? Are we going to do it that way or...? Yeah, we'll start at the top and work our way down. Okay. Um, which, the, fir- the first main eating area is... Lotta Wata Lodge. Yep. Oh, that's how I pronounce it. That I'm is on near... A, I'm on a different one for everyone else. How are you going to say it then? Avalanche. No, I, a Lotta Wata Lodge is kind of the main restaurant. Yep. Right. Chris Chris is reading the uh, the menus list. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I'm on. You're doing it alphabetically. We're doing it location-based. Ah, uh, right. Um, so that's... That's sort of just in front of the main entrance way. Yeah. So you, you, you'll walk past it. It looks like a big ski lodge. Yes. Yeah, it's quite nice in there. Um, they sell uh, burgers, pizzas, sandwiches, salads, snacks, and stuff. It's also yes. got a refill station for your drinks if you if yeah. you bought your barcode. Yes. They're uh, fairly quick as well, is one thing that I will say. Yeah, they are. And also, uh, do check out, because there are quite a few of them that do your dining plan snacks as well. Yes, that's right. Um, and one of, one of the main things that you can get at the Avalanche, no, sorry, Lotta Lodge, is um, the third pound Angus bacon cheeseburger. Which I've had. That sounds amazing. And it comes with an option of apple slices or french fries. Nice. Chris, which did you have? Um, well, they were sort of sliced, but they weren't apples. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone ever have the apple slices? I don't, probably not. They probably go I'm, to mush and then they get sold on this apple sauce later on. Yeah, I'm that's sure what it is. this is one of the places that actually doesn't put the fries on the menu. That says uh, an Angus burger with apple slices and at the bottom in small writing that says your apple slices and milk can be substituted. 
the French fries and a soft drink. There you go. Yeah. There's plenty of soft drinks in there anyway. It's, it's got to be the way forward, hasn't it? Yeah. French fries. A nice bit of extra grease on your belly when you're in the sun. Go, yeah, and then go swimming. On your legs. <laughs> when you're going round on your lazy river. <laughs> They've got the kids' menu as well, which has got hot dogs, turkey sandwich, and cheese pizza in there. So, um, The cheese pizzas are pretty good size as well. Yeah, they're not, they the are kids are not bad size. Right, so that's um, a lot also, of Also, I'm going to add into there. Yeah. You can, you can get um, two different draft beers there. Yes, the, is it the Yuling and the... Bud Light. Bud Light, OK. Which I think is strange, you know, outside, sunshine, you're drinking lots of... Getting hammered. Yeah. yeah. And then you're going to have a stinking headache or you're going to be drowning in the water. No wonder there's a lot of lifeguards. <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, Too drunk to get out of the lazy river. <laughs> very lazy. Um, so as, as you're moving sort of... Where's this? North, we'll call it. Yeah, that works. North towards um, the kiddies' pool area. So you've, you've had your beer. Yep. You're a bit drunk. You're heading a bit north now. You're going up towards the Coolin' Hut, which is more sandwiches, pretzels, popcorn, ice cream. Um, I'm just opening up my menu there. And it's I'm all back mostly at... the, the stuff that you expect, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing new, nothing exciting. You're sitting in pockets of the... As you, as you can guess, another drink station there. Yeah. There is indeed. Uh, they did some iced coffees in there. Nothing new, basically, at the calling hut. But uh, yes, that's the calling hut. Yeah, sandwich, sandwich bars. Anyway, probably Mickey ice lollies, yeah. Mickey premium ice cream yeah, bars. I do all the, the usual sort of stuff. Yeah, you can also get popcorn in a souvenir bucket. Yep, if you're that way inclined. Oh, yep. Popcorn's dead expensive, isn't it? For what it is, because if you consider how much the the cinema tickets would be at Mouse Meats. With the popcorn, it's like an extra grand and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've got it in, a, you know, Mickey Mouse buckets. Yeah. That's true. We've had to import them specially. Used. <laughs> right, come uh, on, Alan. Let's move on. Right, we okay. haven't got long. So, so we're up to number, location number 15, Frostbite Freddy's, yeah. um, which is fresh fruit, smoothies, lemonade, adult beverages. Yeah, they do cocktails here. And they really? Do, they do, yeah. And they do one <laughs> called... <laughs> Pina Calava. Ah. Yeah, I ah, yeah. But Pina Calava is in there. Frozen Rum Runner. Grey yep. Goose. Le Citron Slush. Hey, sounds good, this. This sounds like a sort of park. <laughs> Have so, you seen the price for a Grey Goose Slush? Wow. $10.25. Yeah, $10.25 for a frozen so, mango margarita. Yeah. You might, you might want to get drunk, but you're not going to, are you? The frozen <laughs> strawberry one is only eight fifty. So clearly, what a mango is some sort of premium fruit. Yeah. Or right, they've got domestic beer. Domestic what? domestic beer. That's that's like budget brand. No, they've just fermented some bleach. That's all it is. Domestos beer. Domestos beer. Yeah, <laughs> five dollars um, seventy-five. Nice. So that that's frostbite Freddy's. Um, again, you've got a lot of um, cookies and snacks and yeah. Listen to this, right? Read the snacks. You've got a choice of fruit at uh, $1.49. Yeah. Or a pickle <laughs> at $1.39. There we go. It's pickle every time, isn't it? Yeah. Like, if I'm having a big, I'll, 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 I'll eat the pickle, to be honest. But I wouldn't have it on its own. No, probably not. I'm not that way inclined. Are you sure? Right. We've heard different. Where are we heading to next? Um, we're up to snowballs. Okay. Uh, snow cones. <laughs> <laughs> K- 
Careful. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. I've not even got it on mine. <laughs> okay, snowballs, which is snow cone sodas, ice creams, and something else. But so you can either get a gurgle at one place, or you can get some snowballs. Yeah. yeah. I haven't got many there, because that's probably all they sell. Snow cones and um, slushies and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. pretty much it. Um, we've got Avalunch. Avalunch. Now, I'm here. Avalunch I have been to. Yes. And I've got, How long ago? Pretzel dog. Pretzel dog was good. What's a pretzel dog? It's basically a hot dog, hot dog wrapped up in a pretzel. Oh. With cheese and chips. They do a lot of um, different sorts of hot dogs there. They do. Chili cheese dogs, mac and cheese dogs. The pulled pork, pork, pork slaw dog. dog sounds good. It does, doesn't it? Pork. It is good, yeah, isn't it? That sounds good. Oh. Um, and they you know do. what, next year we've got mouse meats. I mean, go to Disney World. What, when you go, yeah? We should, yeah. We should all go there and get the pulled pork dog. There you go, done. Yeah, together. Yeah. Oh. I'm going, Adam's going. What about you, Alan? I don't know, I don't think I am. You'll be at the curb and still wouldn't. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, oh, please, please, cat, can we go? I want to get a pickle. I want to get a pickle from Blizzard Beach. Please. One thing, though, this, this one actually does more alcohol. It does, it, it uh, does Samuel Adams as well. Samuel Adams seasonal. On the draft. Yeah. Wow. There you go. So that's got an extra. No, to, no domestic beer there. The sardine water, though. Yeah. Um, this, this, this is, is it, I think it's absolutely weird that there's, there's a whole drinks related thing that we it's like a taboo in within disney but in this water park where you're going to get affected by the sun the most yeah i know there's some alcoholic stuff i can get you i can get you to non-alcoholic don't worry i know where that is um so are we up to position number 18 which is icy expeditions yes which i don't know if it's changed expedition isn't it now I thought it was Arctic Expedition. Yeah, I thought it changed to Arctic Expedition. But I'm oh, right, okay. Well, I, I've got, got it in a different thing called um, Sled Dog Expeditions. There is Sled so that's Dog something Expedition. Different as well. yeah, that's something different as well. There's Arctic Expedition. They just do, like, they do some more snowballs. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Sled Dog closed. Expeditions. Now, this is the place that has kind of the famous ice cream. Okay. Which is the, the Sun Pail. Yep. Uh, which I know somebody on our Facebook has already mentioned as being the the must-have uh, item. Without without question, it is. We I did have after, it when I went after the pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Once you've maxed out on pickle, you've got to sort of have a nice sand pail. Yeah. Now, one thing that I will emphasise on this is that when you buy your bucket of ice cream, yeah, do not carry it by the handle. It, it, comes off. it comes off. <laughs> also, they don't like you rinsing that out in the pool. <laughs> Chris just I never said one. no, but he didn't give me a dirty look in the kitchen area. Chris bought one, took it back, made a space on the sand, turned it upside down and went, there you go, kids, enjoy that. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Can I have it refilled, please? Sun's for free. There you go. But they've got some good Sundays there as well. They have got some good Sundays, but it's, the, it's that, that sand pail, the fact that it does come in a bucket with a spade. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? I love it. It's, kind of, it's kind of the second only to the kitchen sink, I suppose. Which I've also had. Which I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've had a kitchen sink, yeah. I've not had a kitchen sink yet. I try to recreate it in our house. See, but... there's another one for next year. Done. Yeah. So, so that's the Tuesday sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If only. That, 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 that would be for us. 
Just stop rubbing it in, all right. I'm going to let it go. If you let it go. To, let it go. If you weren't sending your kids to a Build-A-Bear factory party, you'd be able to afford to come here as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those kids you give those teddies to, I hope you liked them a lot. Yeah, you must have done. Oh, I made them all cry. <laughs> to... I, don't want, I don't want to know how. Oh, it's just going to get totally off topic, so I'm not even going to go into it. Yeah, but... let's, let's not, sorry. Um, so we've also got the warming hut. Yeah. Position number 19 on our park maps, which might be the same with position as your own park maps. <laughs> uh, they do turkey legs, sandwiches, salads, ice creams, drink refill available, and seating optional. Seating is, seating is optional. Please stand uh, or sit. Um, yeah. So Pulled pork sandwich. Pulled pork sandwich, meatball sub, yeah. And you've oh, got them, look, whole dill pickles Yeah, I'm about to say pickles well. are back as well, which is brilliant. You can use your dining credit, snack credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do with that? Do you imagine? Uh, I'd like to uh, get a whole dill pickle, please, on my dining plan. <laughs> not, not the uh, $3.29 Ed strawberry fruit bar. No, no, I'll, I'll just have a whole dill pickle. Thank you very much. You can, you can have a chocolate cake at $3.79. Yeah. Is that the most expensive one? No, yeah, cheesecake. See, oh, no, no. You can get, according to this menu, the all-day refillable mug for nine dollars ninety-nine. No, not as a snack credit. No. According to my no. menu, I'm looking at. Yeah, that must be. No, no, you can't do that. Yeah, three no. seventy-nine. It does say something. It does say it, but yeah, three seventy-nine for a cheesecake or just a dill. That's dill. that's where my problem would be if I was uh, on the diner plan. Let's be I fair. I wouldn't be getting food that I eat. If you are I'd on be, a, be, if you are on a I'd dairy-free do. diet, the whole dill pickle is a good choice. Yeah, as I said, I'll just be trying to get the most expensive thing I can for that credit. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I don't like it or nothing, but I'd look at this. Has anybody ever got to that point where you're walking around and you go, "Should we get a trying to try a drink or whatever?" Yeah, we get a diet on, on the credits. You get there, you go, "What do you want? I'll have such and such." We well, know you can't have that because that's cheaper than that one. So if you have that one, I know you don't like it as much, but that one's more expensive, so you get better value for your money. So we'll just get one of those instead of what the one you want yeah. because that, yeah. that's worth more. Is that right? Yeah, okay, let's do that. And then you buy it and you go, I don't like that. Yeah. I do that. I do that in boots on the meal deal. I <laughs> love <laughs> a load of rubbish, but I've really got value for money. <laughs> so is that all of those there? No, um, no we, we missed the most important one out. Which one? The mini donuts. Oh, and the funnel cakes. The funnel cakes are amazing, and if you have plenty of icing sugar on, it's really funny just to stand in front of someone and blow it all over their face. Can, can you imagine having a funnel cake there? Look like you've been <laughs> cracked down. <laughs> Your bare chest is covered in powder. I reckon oh. you could buy five or six of them, lay them out, and use them as a lilo. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And also, as, as you said, the mini donuts. Yeah, the mini donuts are good. Little, they, they are good. Get some sauces with them as well. Yeah. Really good. And also, right, when they right. take it back to the kids and they flick sand and they've got that much sugar on you, you wouldn't even notice. <laughs> also true. When you're flicking sand at the kids. Um, the only place we haven't been to is the Polar Pub. And it's alcohol-tastic. It basically is full of alcohol. There are Gator Freeze, non-alcoholic cocktails, mango and raspberry. <laughs> uh, but then you've basically got uh, the Pina Colava, you've got the Strawberry Lacqueries, Rum Runners, Blue Blizzards... Grapefruit margarita, uh, grand, $11.25. Grand margarita, yeah. Grapefruit margarita, why is that 11 25 Why, again, why is a grapefruit clearly a more premium 
uh, fruit than melon and whatever else. That's just silliness. Uh, I'm trying to look at the ingredients in it, right? And the slightly cheaper Grand Margarita, which has got um, gold tequila in it. The more expensive one has got silver, silver. tequila. I love it. Mm. It doesn't, doesn't stack up that. It doesn't. You know what you want to do? You know what you want to do? What? Don't let them see. Be the good girl you always had to be. That's what you need to do. Be a good girl. Yeah, always have to be. That's the idea. I don't really want you to be a good girl here, though. <laughs> I'm looking at that, right? Hammered. Just all that drink. Alan, just... Well, and, Alan, what have I said to you? You know what you need to do? Let it go. That's what you need to do. Let it go. Just let it go. But they've got the snacks. They've got chips. And I was like, whoa, chips and alcohol. But that's crisps, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's crisps. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Yeah. You don't go in there. Hello, mate. Chips. Uh, have you got a naan bread with that and put some cheese and a bit of mayonnaise and just wrap that up for me? Yeah, like, lovely. No. When I've got my belly out. I've been I've been around all of the pubs today. I've I, I've been around. I've had, I've had cocktail after cocktail. I've had beer after beer. Can I find a kebab house in this place? It's just not happening. Well, I'll have a pulled pork chilli dog. Pulled pork chilli dog's the closest you're going to get. Going down one of those sides and just having too much to drink and all coming out in front of you. <laughs> if you were sick at the top of Summit Plummet, would you <laughs> or the sick get to the bottom first? <laughs> I, don't, I know where the sick would be. In the same place as the trunks. If anybody knows that, please send us an email to sick at disneybrit.com. Um, <laughs> that'd be great. Right, is that all of them? That sounds like a good place to finish up. Okay, I've just checked what we've got on Facebook because like, some people have uh, commented. So, Nick my wor- Harrison. My worry is. What, go on. Um, like we've all been here. Yeah. There's only two places we've actually eaten. Yeah, I know. It's not good, is it? <laughs> Does anyone actually eat at this park? Clearly this not. Park? Well, Nick Harrison has had said that the sand pail is worth it. Uh, Alicia said uh, the little donut bites are really good. And then somebody said, is it bad that they've been to Walt Disney World every year for the past seven years and never been to um, to Lizard Beach? And then people have just shouted abuse at them. So there we go. Um, <laughs> so that's all good. Lo- lovely community. Yeah, we have, we have a lovely community. Loving, lovely community. But uh, I th- is that everything? Is that, have we, have we done everything? No, we're yeah. missing one thing. Sloppy Joes. Oh, no. No, I was, I was talking about in the show rather than in Blizzard. All oh, right. We are missing one very important thing that we must do before we go. Do you know what it is? It's this. The ending. You know what this is, don't you? What? Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, it is who wants to be a millionaire, but it means it's quiz time. So it means we've got to uh, play... Adam, Adam, Adam. Yeah. We we didn't even bother doing it last time. Did you not? (sighs) Horrendous. So what are we at now? We're still at... We're at $20. (laughs) Same same as you were last time. Same as we were last time. $20, a vinyl mation, a winner's medal. And a fast pass ticket. The fast pass ticket. If you can tell us what these three songs are and what they're from. There you go. That's the three. Should I play that once more? Here it is. If anybody can tell us what the three songs are and um, what they're from, then... uh, Don't forget, if you want to hear a bit more, look on the uh, Disney Brit YouTube channel. It's on there. Yeah, it is on there, indeed. I'll I'll admit it's not easy. No, it's... It's not easy. It's impossible, almost. (laughs) 
from all the entries we've had, no one's got anywhere near it, I think. No, no, we haven't. And bless some people have, have, have entered, and we haven't read them out just because we didn't want to be really embarrassed. So, um, that's pretty much... That is the end of the show, which means it's time for this. Ah, oh, there we go. A bit of Enchanted. We should find a new piece, piece of music, but I do quite like that one. I think it works quite That's yeah. nice. That's nice. Uh, thanks to Jim Cobb. Gonna... Go on. Sorry. I was going to say, if I was going to swap that out, I would go um, Spectral Magic. Would you? Yeah. Do you know what I'd go? What? Anyway, it's a bit loud. <laughs> That's what I'd go. Anyway, um... <laughs> Is that I was, be I was thinking you're going to do that Wreck It Ralph Sugar Crush thing. Oh, you say? I, I did think all, about it. Yeah, high school musical, all in this together. That'd be a good ending. That would be a good ending. That one that me and Kimmy sung. One of the most makes oh, that even better. Not this one. I right, love this <laughs> song. Here we go. Anyway, that's completely against what we're trying to do. Uh, thanks to Jim Corcoran <laughs> for tolerating Alan in Hollywood Studios. Um, it's, it's quite nice that Jim finally talked to you after you'd followed him around and stalked him for so long. He thought we'd better do something with this man. Yeah. Uh, so I managed to overturn the restraining order. <laughs> um, thank you to Alan and Chris for joining me, as always. Any say? All right. Um, thank you for those people who liked our Facebook group and commented on there. Please don't shout any more abuse at people for not going to Blizzard Beach. That's really mean. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DisneyBrit. You can email us radio at DisneyBrit.com. Don't forget to re- leave reviews on iTunes for us. It really is helpful for those people who aren't quite sure what this madcap bunch of people are actually doing and trying to put together. So you can tell them on there. Uh, MouseMeets, of course, we've already given you a bit more information, but you can go to MouseMeets.co.uk and you can email us MouseMeets at DisneyBrit.com. If you go to mouseandmeets.co.uk, you can sign up for our mailing list and we'll send you out information as it comes. Also, if you think you have any idea what our impossible competition is, then you can contact us via that, via email, which is competition at disneybrit.com. But you can also ring us, and you can ring us on 0121-288-2748 if you're in the UK, or if you're in the US, it's 407 you can, of course, ring us for anything as well. It doesn't have to be the competition. It could be that you're in the parks, uh, anything like that. You want to give us a ring, you want to say hello, uh, and we can do that. It's not a problem. But that's it. Uh, that'll be it for two weeks. So in two weeks' time, we shall return with another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. So until then, we'll see you.